Well, hey, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of the Grip Wild Men Who Matter podcast. Thanks for tuning in this week. I'm Brandon Broach, and Steve is out on the road, but I am sitting down with a good friend of mine, Devin Slowies. He's a turkey killer, <laughs> and he's got some stories for us today, so hang in there. How you doing, Devin? Man, I'm doing great, brother. How about you? Doing good. Man, Devin and I have been friends for a couple of years. We uh, we met, what, about three, four years ago? Yeah. And yeah. Uh, this dude, if it's in the woods, he knows how to hunt it. <laughs> he knows how to call it. Well, call at it. Um, <laughs> and so we were just going to talk today because there's a real special thing that Devin's a part of that I wanted to share with everybody. But but I wanted to ask you, can you remember the first time you ever went hunting? The first time ever? Uh, I actually... It's it's not that I that I got took somewhere hunting, but yeah, I can actually remember when I was in the neighborhood of five or six years old that I thought that I was Davy Crockett with my coonskin cap on. Yeah, I had one and I wore it <laughs> religiously, and I had a four ten. And at the, now you got to think I'm fifty, so back in that time, that's when you were taught something and you were actually able to get out and go and do it. I was taught by my dad. Which a true Southern gentleman, a uh, fisherman from just—I mean, he was just blessed with with knowledge and ability to fish. But he was a wing shooter, so big on safety. Taught me how to do everything. So again, I'm running five, six years old. I got my coonskin cap on, and I'm chasing squirrels all over my backyard. <laughs> but I was allowed to shoot them, and then we brought them in, put them on the table. So that is my first hunting experience. Which actually is a hunting experience. I mean, it's it's one of my first memories, to be truthful. And that's that's interesting because one of the things that I always try to teach my son is we don't kill anything that we don't intend to eat. Mm -hmm. And so it's a it's you know it's a life lesson, really. It is, Um, and it's stayed with me all my life. It's conservation. It's good management. It's good stewardship. It is. You know, it's 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 teaching. And one of the things that we've always talked about at Grip Wild is is how we feel like we've got to do more to help pass this legacy on. Yes. Because today's world of hunting and social media and, you know, it's all about the trophy. We've gotten into this method where we're not really passing on the little things. That's right. You know, those things that I grew up learning from guys or you grew up learning from your dad, the, the, the nuances of it. And really what I would call the beauty and the art of the pursuit. Amen. That's right. Not just the harvest, right? Well, that's the bonus. That, that's the bonus. Now, we, between the three of us today, uh, we don't have a turkey to show for it. But I have laughed and he hawed at you two especially. <laughs> I mean, I, I've, you know, and that's that's what I'm, I'll take away from this. If we were to limit out tomorrow, that's the bonus. Mm. Everything in between what we've done, laughing, cutting up, y'all getting to know one another and seeing that this is, we're, we're all in the same like mind because you you can't just come in and jump right in like that unless you are of like mind and and being outdoors puts you in that that state of mind if you do actually have that same train of thought that the uh the harvest uh, the limit uh the biggest uh, whatever it may be that it's it's not about that you know maybe when i was younger i thought that that was what you had to do that's not what you have to do, man. It's what we were doing today. Right. That, that's that's the hunt. I think we say it a lot around our office. Ninety percent 
of everything that you remember about an experience happens before you pull the trigger. Oh, yeah. I mean, the, the best hunting stories usually stop at the, when you pull the trigger. It's everything that happens before. It's the hardship. It's the trial. It's yeah. the walking for miles, calling and chasing the bird like we did today. And he disappears. And yes, it, it's all before. And that's and that's it the is. art, the beauty of it that that we really that I want to pass down to my son and, and to the folks that I get to take out for their first experience. We were talking about that today. That there's nothing like when you take somebody for their first time in the woods to hunt, right? It's amazing. It, it's let me back up. Amazing, amazing, wonderful, fulfilling. All these words—they're just words. When you actually get to do that, they—they don't—they don't equal up to the actual, the thought, the feeling, and everything that goes along with it. Uh, on, on my side, I can speak for myself on this. I know that good Lord's blessed me with being able to be around kids and, and grown-ups alike and stuff that I've taken out and have been able to take their first animal, whatever it was we were hunting for. And I, <laughs> I, I've i actually got just one little quick short story about this this 16-year-old boy. I'm sorry, he was 15. And we got out and we got his first deer for him. Now, I had, you know, going through all of the, the detail of asking questions, your gun safety, and I'm explaining to him about this and that and the scope. And, you know, when I finally get to the question, I'm like, well, when you've target practiced, how far out have you shot? And he said, about 80 yards is the furthest I've ever shot. Well, it was 161 yards double to the end of the field. And I said, okay, well, let's just hope he cuts the field in half. No, deer comes out. Nice little six point. His first, his first deer ever. So he, he's getting him a bug. This deer comes out at the end of the field. I ask him, I said, "Are you comfortable?" Yeah. Boom. Deer drops. 161 yards. So we get back. I mean, I'm just elated. I'm floating. I really am. So we get back, and this is for kids outdoors. You know, I've, I've told you that I, I got for kids outdoors. So they ask him. They said, "Who was more excited?" He never said a word. He just pointed his finger at me. <laughs> I like to beat him up. I was so happy. I was just trying to pat him down and, you know, high five him and everything. And But that's the way it is, man. It was, I would have traded all of my hunts up to that point for that one hunt with him to see the look on his eyes. Not only was he able to take his first animal, it was a deer and it had a, it had a, had a rack on it. He shot twice what he was had ever shot before, and it was a clean, quick, ethical kill, one shot. The boy did everything like he's supposed to do. Absolutely awesome. Absolutely and awesome. And he'll never forget it. I still never. see him to this day. That's been six, six years ago. And if I'm in a grocery store, Mr. Slowies, and I'll turn, there he is, and he's coming to talk to me. I love that. That's so cool. I, do, I love that. We, we've got a major experience in his life, and that's, I firmly, I firmly believe God puts people, my Father in heaven puts people on this earth to cross paths with somebody else. Mm. At some point during your time, there's someone supposed to cross paths with you. I have been blessed to be able to share brief moments in time from children's lives 
that enhance me beyond the capabilities of saying it in an English language. And that's the truth of it. It goes beyond. I don't quite have the words for what these youngins do for me. So, so let's talk about that. That's one of the things I wanted to, 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 to hear you tell a story about And, and, you know, you spend a lot of time hunting. You've been hunting for uh, estimated what forty years? Yes, that's Maybe easy. forty for, years. Forty right? plus. I killed my first deer at nine years old by myself on a stand. Right, and so, so forty years around there, you've had a, a lifetime of memories and experiences, and I mean, you're still out there chasing like today. I oh, mean, absolutely. we're still getting after it, right? Absolutely, and, until the season's over. But absolutely, but you stepped into this world where you started to use your experience and your expertise, your knowledge and your relationships and leverage that to be able to take kids, particularly handicapped or disabled kids to fulfill a wish that they had. Yes. And so what, what got you into that? How did you, how did you step into that world? You know, it's, it's really an odd little thing here. When I first got into the hunting industry, it was with a turkey call company. And imagine that, right? You know, <laughs> shocker. So, shocker. Right. And so uh, with that, the guy that had bought the company, when he came to me and then I joined him, we were asked to come do this little bitty show. And when I say show, it was in a gymnasium and it was a bunch of us that got together and it was for, I, I, I don't like to use... Uh, disabled or special need that these these youngins are differently abled that's what they are they're differently abled and uh, far beyond a lot of capacity for most men including myself would know how to handle or, or deal with or cope with but so we were in pelham asked to come do this little thing and so we did well this lady this little bitty lady man she's walking back and forth and I recognized her, and she kept looking at me. She recognized me, couldn't figure it out. Come to find out, she, this, the CEO of Kids Outdoors, uh, Carol Clark. And Carol, years prior to that, was my emerald dealer because I used to deal in a lot of emeralds. And she owned a jewelry business and I was a wholesaler. So, she, And, and it kind of got started from there. And so she asked me that, that little get together would I do something for the kids so me and the owner of the company and another guy we done a he <laughs> the the one guy that everybody sees him on social media acting like a turkey which and he's so much like one well that was we were doing the turkey thing he was the turkey I was the shooter Jason was the caller you know and so we did the quick little thing. Everybody filmed. Well, they got on there. Well, we got asked to come back. And at that point, there was no hunts to go out on. By the second year, we had a handful of kids, and we were going to take them out hunting. And I come into this with – now, this has been about 10 years ago now. Uh, coming this with a, with a heart for youngins to begin with. And my thought was, because I'm, you know – Six five plus two seventy five. I'm I've got a I've got to come in and you know I'm going to help these youngins out. I'm going to pick them up and put them in a shooting house, or I'm going to, I'm going to get them out of a wheelchair, or I'm going to do this, or I got to do that. I got to lift them up. I got to do. It. I had no idea that it was the opposite. Good Lord, had them youngins cross my path. They crossed my path. I didn't cross theirs. They were placed in my life. They lift me up. Mm. They pick me up. 
they've picked me up out of wheelchair proverbial. Yeah. Things that had me crippled in my life. Things that it, it, that was going through my mind and different things. And when I'm around these, these just strong, strong, spiritual and 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 all these these youngins endure more than I don't know that I couldn't. Mm. I know I know that I couldn't. I know that I couldn't endure what they do. And then here's the thing. They look at you with a smile from ear to ear, buddy. Mm. They don't let you know what's up. It's time to go hunt. It's time to go fish. It's time to go do that. And I am blessed that I get to spend that little fragment of time in their life with them. The hunting, the fishing, the kids, the outdoor theme of it all. It's it's what makes my soul sing. I mean, I think it's 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 hard to not be inspired when you're around someone who overcomes more than you are aware that you could even, right? And thank God that we don't have the struggle. Thank God that I don't have to struggle with something that someone else does. But when you see that and you see the way that they overcome every single day, it, it's got to be a shot to your soul of inspiration. I mean, you can't go back to your life after an encounter with somebody like that and not have a different perspective. No, not the same thought process. Right. Can I, can I use one in particular? Now, for all y'all that's out there listening, I want y'all to understand there is so many of these youngins in my life that I can name by name, name their parents, where we were, what we did, and go on and on and on about them. There's one little girl, Ray Busby. Now, I've taken her hunting before. Her parents, great people. Her brother actually got him a turkey in Tennessee two years ago. Ray has brittle bone disease. She's a 10-year-old girl in a wheelchair. So we're in Millen, Georgia, uh, two months ago or so, or I'm sorry, about a month and a half ago, and I'm trying to get her her first turkey. Now, I've got a man who anyone in the turkey calling anything, whether you know anything about it, turkey hunting or know anything about it, you know who Walter Parrott is, good friend of mine. So we sat in a blind with a 10-year-old girl in a wheelchair. Six hours. Six hours, and she did everything she was supposed to do. And when it come time... And I told her, I gave her the go-ahead. She folded that bird up wow. right there. Just one shot, clean, ethical, straight kill. She did it. I got so excited. Now, you got to think, it's me, Walter. It's Ray in her wheelchair. We've got a shooting apparatus because she the brittle bone disease, so she can't shoulder guns. So what happens, this uh, apparatus, I've got my gun in it with a scope. And I'm driving it by a remote. It's a hydraulic apparatus. She has a button when I tell her. She pushes the button. And I've got the safety button on my side, too. So when I let it off, safety off, she pushes hers. That's the trigger. It fires. Mm -hmm. So it fired, the gun fires. When the gun fires, you can actually see the pattern going out through the woods. And it hits the bird, and it folds the bird immediately. Well, the gun is stuck out of the window on the blind. Now, with all of us in there, Jay has to handle 
Ray, Jay is her dad. Jay is a mountain of a man. He handles Ray because of what she has and and, and knows how to handle her. Well, we've got him just <laughs> tied up in a camouflage outfit. He's 15 yards outside the blind against the tree, and these turkeys walking all around him because they were all behind us. Well, so she gets her bird. Jay jumps up and starts running. I'm trying to get out of this blind. I fall down on my knees. I throw everything everywhere. Raise glasses just go flying over her head. I grab the blind. I raise it. I can't raise it too high because a gun stuck out. Or I knocked a gun and apparatus in her wheelchair on top of Ray. So I get the blind up about 10 inches. I'm in the floor. I'm under the blind. I'm out of the blind. And I take off run and I pass Jay. <laughs> <laughs> I pass him. And when I go by him, he just says, thank goodness. He bends over, grabs his knees, and I go stand on that turkey. Head. And I throw my hands up like I'm the one that done something, but it was for Ray because she couldn't come out there and do it that fast. Yeah. And I'm hollering, Ray, you got him, Ray, you got him. And I'm dancing. I'm out there dancing for her. And I can hear her inside that blind. She's tickled and laughing at me. And the one thing that she says over it all, because I turned around and looked at her when I told her, kill him, kill him. And she hit that button and it surprised me when the gun went off. And all she'd talk about is my face. <laughs> <laughs> and she was in there howling over it. And I'm going to tell you, man, I wouldn't trade a moment in time all the way up into that for that one single moment right there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And w- what's so cool, I think, and what you're living out every time that you go do that, you're living out this idea that, you know, in our lives, the things that we pursue, because we're all chasing something. Sure we are. Whether it's a turkey or... Or anything else. I mean, anything in life. Whatever you're pursuing, the principle that I see you living out is that if your perspective or your priority number one is how to benefit you, because you're afraid if you don't get what's coming to you first, you won't get anything, you're shortchanging yourself because what I see you living out is you're doing this for them. Right. You go into these moments yeah. to, to give this this kid an experience that they'll never forget. But what you've learned over the years is that on the backside, there's a blessing for you, man. A selfless act can never truly be a selfless act. A selfless act up front is to do something for someone without the expectation or the want to have something given back to you or the recognition, the pat on the back, the all of this. God designs things his way. It ain't our way. So let me tell you, a selfless act can be on our part, on the human part. It's not a selfless act when it comes to our Lord, Savior Jesus Christ, because he's going to bless you. So you do get something back from it if it is a truly selfless act from your heart. And to be around these kids, to go do this with kids, I would tell any and everyone out here, if you have it in your heart, it doesn't have to be a differently able child. It could just be a youngin that wants to have something to do with outdoors. And there may be whatever circumstance it is that they're just not able to get out and go do it for whatever. If you're able to and you get permission to do it, take a youngin out. Yeah. Man, we're, we're losing our kids we're losing them to this world that we live in now. And, you know, I've had a saying for years, and my boys and I will tell you that I've always I've always said this. If they're in the woods or on a boat with me, they're not on a corner without me. That's a good—that's true. I mean, this year, 
and I don't want to take what you're saying and I want to broaden it a little, sure. a little step further. I, every year I like to take at least somebody one time that's never been before. Sure. Because of that moment, because it's not about me, but you get to see that look in their face and wow. the look in their eye. And so this year I took three people on three different trips, Yeah. Uh, two guys and I took my wife. Um, it can be adults too. Right. I'm not saying just strictly absolutely. Youngers. But you, but here's what I want to say: that if, if it's not hunting for you, if you're listening and you're like, "Nah, it's not me," but you're doing something that you love. That's right. Take somebody and introduce them to that because everybody is looking for somebody to take them somewhere. That's it. We all need that. Yes. And Even so, me. the challenge is because every week we like to give you something to chew on for the week. And, and I would say the challenge this week is where where in your life, in your passion, in the zone that you are you're chasing, can you reach down and grab somebody's hand and take them with you and introduce them to something that you love? Because here's what I've learned. When you take people alongside of you, they see the complete context. That's it. So it's hard. Like, I'm going to use my example. This year, I took my wife duck hunting. And I told you earlier today, man, that's a, that's a tough decision, right? Because we love to hunt and we've got our world and, and then there's the other world. And, and sometimes we don't like to get everything mixed in the same place, right? That's right. And, and so, but, but I was able to take my wife to a really, really special place um, in Alabama, one of my favorite places to hunt ducks that I've ever been, and to have her sit with me and experience what it's like when the birds come into roost at night, when the sun is going down yeah. and there's literally thousands of birds. And it's just beautiful. And really, it's God on display. Yes, it's so much bigger than anything we could manufacture. Yes. And it's beautiful. And after that moment, though, she looked at me and she said, I get it. I get why you love it, because it's magical. And so just to be able to share that with somebody else and get get them to see that context, yeah. like she may never go duck hunting again. She may want to, she may not. But I know that in that moment, she realized something. Wow, this is beautiful. Mm -hmm. And so anytime I get to take somebody in the woods. Somebody to experience right. the things that we love, why we get up at That's such right. early hours of the morning. And this is a secret. This is a hunter's secret. I'm about to blow it out of the water and put it Here out there go. for everybody. All right? And y'all going to be mad at me. It's like a magician's code. I'm about to break it. Y'all, there's a magical time when no one else is awake, when God paints the sky. That's it. And I, I was talking to an eight-year-old kid one time, and he was telling me a story about the first time he ever went duck hunting. And it was raining and it was cold and it was windy. And his dad looked at him and said, man, if you want to go home, I don't blame you. Like, let's. And he looked at the sky and he said, dad, God did that. And we're the only ones here to see it. Oh, he did, that. he did that for us. And you and I, we get to experience that yes. every time we go out. And yes. I want to take people into that with me. So here's the challenge this week. If you're listening, what what are you chasing? What are you in love with? What are you so passionate about that you see it differently than other people see it? And how can you reach down and take somebody with you who just may be needing to experience something in their life that could change their perspective? Yes. Whether if you're cooking, if you know how to cook, if you know how to lay brick, man, it don't matter if you know how to landscape a yard. If you hunt, if you fish, it doesn't matter if it's your passion, if it's in your heart. Bring somebody with you that want to know that same passion and see that part of you. Because you never know what that might strike in them. It may not be the exact same thing you're doing, but it might strike the amount of passion in them, the drive and the want to, to go do what's truly in their heart and on their minds. Go do it. Just do it. Absolutely. Man, Devin, thank you for sharing with us today. I think that was such a cool story. And, Very well. Uh, 
love watching you do what you do. And, uh, and I love hanging out with you, man. man we have laughed a whole lot today and we've got another day coming, but, uh, but thanks for sitting down with us. And Absolutely. if you're listening out there, remember guys, you are a man who matters. Thanks for tuning in this week and we will see you next time.